you are listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant congregation outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin. You can learn more about us at BethelCov.org. Thanks for listening. Amen. Would you uh, open in your Bibles with me, please, to Proverbs chapter 8. And if you're using the Pew Bible, that's page 622. When I was um, <clears throat> part of my, you know, everybody has a, a story. You know, if you know Jesus, you have a story, hopefully, of the time that you came to know uh, who, who God was a little bit better, that you came to really receive and accept uh, Christ's grace and, and be transformed by him. And, and for me, my story is, is long, and I'm not going to tell the whole story. You know, it started when I was just a little boy, and, uh, you know, I gave my heart to Jesus, and I, I grew up uh, in the church, and, and I always loved I love church. Uh, it was a great place for me. It, it fit uh, the kind of kid that I was. Um, but I remember when I was in high school, uh, I was very passionate about my faith and about um, uh, kind of two things. One, what I believed about Jesus and the things that I probably better not do um, in order to stay uh, in good uh, graces with, with Jesus. And and my faith at the time in high school was marked um, by the things that I didn't do and then the things that I did in, in my brain, in, in my thoughts, right? I, I prayed, I journaled, I, I connected with Jesus at church, with God at church. Uh, but what I didn't understand at the time was that that relationship um, can actually be played out not just at church, um, and maybe this seems obvious and, and simple to you, but for me, the way I thought about it was, you know, on Sundays at church, at youth group, that was when I got to know who God was. And then uh, Monday through Saturday were like just a complete waste of time. <laughs> that, that's how I, how I felt as far as, as far as God was concerned, as far as my faith was concerned. And so I remember thinking if I can just do a good job on Sundays, if I can just uh, come to church and and participate in youth group. Our, our youth group was Sunday night, so Sunday was like the day. You know, I can connect with God. I can believe in God at, at church on Sundays. And then during the week, uh, it doesn't really matter what I do as long as I, I believe the right things, right? It doesn't matter how I do in school. It doesn't matter um, how I treat my, my brother. Just one brother. He knows how I treated him in high school. Um, <laughs> It doesn't matter how I talk to my friends. And so I would just, I would ignore stuff. I, I didn't take my schoolwork seriously because I thought, oh, that's worldly stuff. Um, what matters is, is church. What matters is, is Sunday. And it wasn't until I, I actually went to, to Chick, that retreat that we sent kids to, and, and will again, uh, not this summer, but next, um, that I um, had it explained to me that following Jesus, that knowing who God is ought to impact every aspect of your life, uh, that there's a way that you can follow God at school. And, and maybe when I was a kid, by studying and by doing my homework was a way that I could be faithful to God in school, that I could let Christ transform every aspect of my life uh, Monday through, through Saturday. And the reason I, I'm talking about this is because I think so often we have this divide in our heads between uh, our relationship with God on Sunday mornings and how that plays out in the rest of our lives. And we think, if I can just uh, read my devotions every day, or if I can just go to church you know, every week or once a month or, or whatever, then I've got the faith stuff figured out, 
and then I can um, worry about on my own the rest of my life. And so for the, the rest of the summer, um, we're going to talk about how it's, it's a little bit bigger than that. Um, we're going to be looking at some books in the Old Testament uh, that are often called wisdom books. And, and the reason they're, they're talked about this way, wisdom books, is because um, the idea is that there's a way to live our lives, uh, not just on Sundays, but in every single practical life decision that you make that, that either lines up with a belief that God made the world or it runs against that. And, and so um, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to start this way, but, but this is, um, <laughs> that, that, that's why we're doing this. And so we're starting in Proverbs. Proverbs is, is, a, is a wisdom book, and it's probably the one that if you know any of the wisdom books, you know the most about it. And it's full, uh, for the most part, of these like little sayings about life. Um, and they're not meant to be rules exactly, or, and they're not even really meant to be promises. They're, they're what they say. They're proverbs. They're little ideas about what it means to live in, in the world. So I'll just read a couple. Um, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. All right, so the idea is if you hold everything yourself, um, you know, bad things are going are gonna to happen to you. Another one is, uh, I'll, let's see. He who gathers crops in the summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a disgraceful son. Uh, I think there are a few people sitting here that know about not sleeping during the harvest, right? Uh, there are these little sayings about what it means to live in, in God's world. But the way that uh, the Bible looks at wisdom uh, isn't so much a, you know, a list of rules to follow that if you can do everything in Proverbs, you'll be uh, walking with God. Um, it, its idea of wisdom is a little broader than that. And the, the best way that I can explain how the Bible understands wisdom, uh, it has to do with, um, this is going to be trouble, you guys. It has to do with this. Uh, wisdom, I think the best way to understand the, the biblical understanding of wisdom uh, is, is all contained inside of this, uh, this softball bat. Um, and I really believe that. When I came here to Bethel, um, the last time I had played softball, I was in high school, and I didn't play ball in, in school growing up at all. And so I, I knew at the time, and our uh, incredibly gracious coach Sheldon will admit, if you really press him, that I still don't know all that much about how to play softball. <laughs> but, but I've learned a lot, and I want to teach you just one thing that I've learned, and, uh, because I think it has so much to do with this idea of, of wisdom, of being wise in, in God's world. Uh, and it all comes down to this bat. Um, when we started, when I started softball here, we switched from metal bats that you could just really uh, uh, crank them over the fences with to wooden bats. Our league had a new rule because we were tired of, of looking through the weeds for softballs. And so we switched to wooden bats. And the rule is you have to have a wooden bat. And we played one season with regular wooden bats. And then some of the, the smart and good at softball people on our team uh, discovered that you can actually buy like really good softball bats. Uh, really good softball bats that if you use them right, you can hit it further than you could hit it with just a regular, boring, old, ordinary wooden bat. And so they bought, they bought this one and a couple like it. This is kind of a medium softball bat, right, Sheldon? It's not like that we have one of the really cool ones, but, but this is kind of a medium one. This is a decent softball bat. And the thing that was taught to me, the rule of this bat is it's made in a certain way, right? It's designed to hit a softball as far as you possibly can with, with, your, with your own strength. 
And the way they do that is made out of bamboo, and it's uh, built in such a way that the grain of the bat lines up so that if you hit it in the right spot of this bat, you can send the ball the maximum possible distance. And so for me, I was taught a proverb of how to use this bat. I was taught a rule about how to use this bat. And the rule is this, that if you're going to use the fancy bat, uh, Pastor Todd, that's okay. <laughs> but you have to make sure that when you swing it, you do one thing. And that's you've got to keep this logo. See this logo says bamboo bat. You have to keep it up. And so as you're getting ready to swing, I'm not going to swing, I promise. Um, we'll see. Uh, you have to keep it up. And so you, you hold it right. You can't hold it like this. That's logo down. That's bad news. Can't hold it logo out. That's bad news. You hold it logo up. And then you get ready to swing, and, and as you swing, the idea is that you're, you're keeping that logo up so that you hit the bat on the correct side. And if you look at this bat, you'll notice that sometimes we don't do this because there are lots of marks on the wrong side. But, but most of the time we do, and the reason for that is twofold. Uh, if you use the bat in the way that it was meant to be used, uh, the ball will go further, one, and, and secondly, almost more importantly, if you use the bat in the way that it is used, it'll be, it is meant to be used, it'll, it'll uh, be less likely that you'll break it. Uh, because the bamboo in this bat is arranged, the grain is arranged in such a way that it's strongest if it's hitting the ball like this. If you hit it like this, uh, it's, it's weak, and you, you run the risk of breaking it, and now um, the poor Sheldon or whoever bought the awesome bat is now out the cost of another uh, softball bat. Um, <clears throat> so I promise this is going somewhere. <laughs> the Bible argues, the, the book of Proverbs argues, and we can decide to believe this or not, but this is, this is how the Bible thinks about the world. Uh, the Bible thinks that the world is, is like this softball bat. Uh, that just like this softball bat is made in a special, specific way, to be used in a special, specific way, God makes the world according to a, a grain. Uh, and we have a choice as humans to either use the world and live in the world and make things in the world along with that grain, uh, respecting the way that God made it and intended it to be used, or we can, we can live against it. And, and Hebrews or uh, uh, Proverbs will argue uh, that, that the wise person figures out uh, how God made the world and tries to live alongside of that. And that if you do that, not all the time, not for everyone, but most of the time, if you live along that grain, uh, things will work out for you more often than not because the world was made to be used in, in a certain way. Uh, the, the Hebrew word for this is, um, you guys know how much I love Hebrew words, uh, is, is that, yeah, you got it, is chokmah. Can you guys say that with me? Chokmah. Chokmah. It's a fun word to say. Uh, let's try it again. Chokmah. Chokmah, yeah. So the word that is most often translated in your Bible as, as wisdom is this Hebrew word, chokmah. And, and the idea is, uh, it, it's, it's translated as wisdom, but it's, it's bigger than wisdom. It's bigger than uh, knowing the right thing to do. It's bigger than following the rules. It's bigger than than being smart. In fact, in the, the book of Proverbs, if you read, if you read the first nine chapters of, of Proverbs, uh, it's portrayed, uh, chokmah is, is portrayed as a person, as a, as a woman, actually, as uh, what, what sometimes they call lady wisdom. Uh, as this, this woman, right, chokmah, it says that uh, lady wisdom is, is older than time. 
Uh, Lady Wisdom was with God as the world was made. Uh, if you read uh, Proverbs, you'll discover that chokmah is, is something that was present with God as he, he did every aspect of creation, uh, right? That God made the world according to chokmah, uh, the grain, uh, lady, lady wisdom. Proverbs 8, 22 through 34 talks about this. Um, it's right here. It says, uh, and, and this, is, this is speaking in the first person. This is a speech by lady wisdom who Proverbs uh, who Proverbs talks about. It says, The Lord brought me, brought Chokmah, me, forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. Right At the beginning, uh, there was water and God's spirit hovers over the water. Uh, Proverbs is saying, Before God made anything else in the world, wisdom was born. Chokmah. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, there was chokmah, before the hills I was given birth, before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place. And this is this construction metaphor as God is, is marking out the earth and arranging creation and the heavens. Uh, Proverbs is saying that he's doing it uh, alongside chokmah, according to chokmah, lady wisdom. When he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his command, when he marked out the foundations of his earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. Uh, what this is saying, Proverbs 8, is, is just like uh, this bat is made in light of a grain... And that if we use it along that grain, things will go better. Uh, Proverbs 8 is arguing that God made the world in light of chokmah, wisdom, to be used along with the grain of wisdom. He used wisdom to create the world. And, and for those of us that want to uh, follow Jesus, that want to live our lives according to who he is, are, are trying to live our lives according to that, that principle, that that wisdom. And, and if you read the Bible in, in Hebrew, you'll find that chokmah, wisdom, is everywhere. Right? It's not just in Proverbs. It's not just in some of these other books that you'll read. It's, it's all over uh, the Old Testament. And it's used in a way that you might not expect. Uh, it's used for more than just being smart and, and making good decisions. If you read the Old Testament, you'll find that chokmah is the same word uh, that's used for the people that, that built the Ark of the Covenant. So when God needed people to make uh, this beautiful box uh, out of wood and cover it in gold to hold the Ten Commandments so that people could come worship God together, he said, find somebody with chokmah. It's that ability to craft things. It's the same word that's used uh, for the women that made the priest's robes. So if you want to make something beautiful in the Bible, if you're a Hebrew person that makes something beautiful, you have to have chokmah, skill, the ability to use your hands to take an idea and work with God's world to make something beautiful. Uh, chokmah is the word for any well-trained or well-practiced skill to make anything beautiful or creative. And, and of course, in addition to that, when judges are chosen, God says, choose people with chokmah, with, with wisdom. Uh, princes need chokmah and parents need chokmah. Anybody that leads people needs chokmah. Wisdom is the skill that we all need to live our lives in line with the grain 
in the wisdom of God's created world. And so, so Proverbs, is, is, if you've read it before now or you read it, you'll find uh, that it portrays Hokmah, right, as a, as a person, as, as this wise woman who stands in the town square and invites anyone who will listen to come and learn about God's world and how to live in it. Proverbs uh, 9.1 puts it like this. It just paints this picture of, of Lady Hokmah. It says, wisdom has built her house. She's set up its seven pillars. Seven is the, the Bible's word for complete. Uh, she's built a perfect, strong house. It says she's prepared her meat and mixed her wine. Wisdom has laid a table before you in, in her home. She sent out her servants and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. But those who have no sense, uh, she says, come eat my food. Drink the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways and you'll live. Walk in the way of insight. Uh, this is the image that Proverbs portrays to us. If, you, if you're reading it, the idea is that here's wisdom. If you don't know anything, it's okay. Because wisdom has laid a table for you. And you can go to your house and get to know what wisdom looks like. And when you get to know what wisdom looks like, you're really getting to know who God looks like and how God made his world. Because from the beginning of creation, uh, according to Proverbs, uh, wisdom, hokmah, invites us to find life. To find life by living along with the grain of the universe. By keeping, keeping the logo up. It's what we were made for. It's what the world was made according to. Proverbs argues that the world was made in a special way to be used in a special way in line with the wisdom that sits at its heart. And as you read Proverbs this, this summer, you'll discover, right, all kinds of little, little words of advice, all kinds of little keep the logos up. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. If you want to live life in God's world, keep the logo up. But of course, we know that uh, it's not as simple as just reading Proverbs, right? It's not as simple as just trying to do the right thing. Uh, because there's this thing in us that was bound to happen. Really, that's the, the least bad thing that could happen. <laughs> there's this thing in us, uh, this thing in the world that from the very beginning calls us away from wisdom. There's this thing in us that makes us want to hit with the barcode up. This thing that looks for the quick fix because it seems easy. The thing that looks for the easy answer or the comfortable lie. This thing in us that wants to grab just a little bit more for me, even if it doesn't seem like such a good idea. Uh, in, in your Bible, you know, in Genesis, it's the snake on the tree who says to Adam and Eve, come and take knowledge. Come and grab this for yourself. It's the sin that devours Cain. It's Abraham when he lies to the Egyptians because it just seems easier than trying to trust God. It's the evil one that uh, the Gospels talk about entering Judas. Uh, today, that thing that makes us want to do things the wrong way, we, maybe we call it our human nature, or we call it the forces of evil, or maybe we call it our own brokenness and our own sin, but there's this thing in us that makes us want to take that easy, uh, easy answer. And, and Proverbs actually uh, paints a picture of this force too. This is Proverbs' example. So if you have Lady Wisdom in her well-built house calling you to come eat at her house, Proverbs says there's somebody else. Uh, in chapter 9, verse 13 through 18, it says, Folly, the opposite of wisdom, and you'll meet folly if you read Proverbs with us this summer. 
Uh, Folly is an unruly woman. She's simple and she knows nothing. And just like Lady Wisdom who, who prepares her table, Lady Folly, she sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city and she calls out to those who pass by just like Lady Wisdom calls out to fools. Lady Folly does as well. She says, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, uh, and I love this, it just captures it. She says, stolen water is sweet. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. It's fun to live the other way. It'll be fine, she says. But little do they know and he's talking about the people walking the streets. Little do we know that in Lady Folly's house, little do they know the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. God made the world along the grain of wisdom. And when we choose to live there, we find life. It doesn't always mean our lives are going to be perfect. And as you read these Proverbs, you're going to say, yeah, not everybody that works hard does okay. And that's an okay way to wrestle with it. Um, but on the whole, when we choose to live according to that grain of the world, we find life. And the Bible is full of stories that choose wisdom, that live along that grain, that follow God, that live faithfully. And, and they often do for a time. But if you've read the Old Testament much, you'll discover that just about everybody, even if they start off really, really good, uh, pretty soon they're, they're, swinging, they're swinging with the barcode up. They do it for a time, uh, but often those stories end in tragedy. They may choose Lady Wisdom, but they end in folly, sin, and evil. And if you read the Old Testament, you'll discover that every time human beings try and do this on their own, uh, it, it doesn't work out. Uh, it's not enough to just try and go to ladies, Lady Wisdom's house. And In fact, if you read the, the Bible, the first person... Uh, that really does live along God's grain. The first person that doesn't uh, take the shortcut to Folly's house, the first person that doesn't grab the fruit uh, is, is Jesus. Uh, he lives his life according to God's grain, and, and it leads to his crucifixion, but it also leads to his resurrection. And, and we believe that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we can be set free from the, those snares that make it impossible for us to follow God. We can be set free from slavery to sin and foolishness and evil. Uh, we believe as Christians that by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, it's possible for us to choose the good. And it's not always clear cut and it's not always easy. And, it, and like any of those other crafts, um, the only way you really learn how to do something great in God's world is to practice and learn and fail and try again. Uh, but we can gain chokmah through the steady and repeated application of a craft by applying it to our lives every day. And it, and it starts by reading and, and talking and sharing. And I encourage you, as you're challenged by these Proverbs this summer, uh, to, to really wrestle with them. Right? They're not promises or, or rules uh, they're, they're words that are meant not to give you wisdom, but to, to drive you to wisdom. So as you, as you read it and you say, oh, that's so true, try it out. Or you read it and say, I, I don't think that's true. Well, why? Wrestle with it. Engage with it. Uh, study uh, wisdom with us. But, um, because when it comes to life's craft, uh, chokmah is gained by repeatedly refusing 
the call of the easy and the quick and the thoughtless in favor of the steady and the faithful and the considered. Uh, Your Bible argues, and Proverbs in particular argues, that the universe has an order to it and that we have a choice. And our choice is this. Will we live our lives along that grain and find life or will we reject it and find death? Over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into Proverbs. We're going to dive into some of the other wisdom books that challenge some of the, the ideas of Proverbs. We're going to wrestle with it. My challenge to all of us is that as we wrestle with a little ancient wisdom this summer, that that we, by the grace of God, might choose the path to wisdom's house, might find ways to live like we believe in God in our everyday lives so that we might be remade into the people that God made us to be, growing in love and wisdom together. Would you pray with me? Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from Bethel Covenant Church. We're an evangelical covenant church outside Ellsworth, Wisconsin, and you can find out more about us at BethelCov.org.